Good morning and welcome to The Real Talk, a podcast where we talk about real life problems and even realer solutions. I'm Sophia Ray and I'm here with my co-host, Hani Barad. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome and good morning to all the listeners out there. I hope every single one of you is having a great day. I'm glad we started off today's podcast with The Weeknd. I love his music. I agree. I actually think Blinding Lights might be one of my top three favorite songs of his. And did you see the Super Bowl halftime show? I think he was this year's performer, and I'm pretty sure he sang that same song, Blinding Lights. I loved it. I did see it. I thought it was meant. Kind of average. I really enjoy watching football, though. I think it's one of the few sports that you can watch without falling asleep. Oh no, I totally agree with you. I think that tennis and soccer fall under that same category as well. For sure. But that's not the only thing those sports have in common. There's actually such an unfair playing field when it comes to gender equality in sports. And yes, I'm talking about the industry as a whole. Now that's an important topic I think we should bring our attention to for today's discussion. I always hear people say things like, oh, there's no such thing as gender inequality, there's a women's national soccer team, or oh, women don't get paid as much because no one wants to watch them. And I actually think this mentality is what has made this gender cap stay alive in, and well these days, and I would love to explore the reasons why and in what sports these inequalities are most apparent in, if that's the case. Exactly. The fact that people justify the unfair salary gap between male and female athletes by saying that the reason it happens is because women's sport are not as viewed not only shows how misogynistic their mentality is, but also how uninformed they are. The other day, I was scrolling through the CNBC website and came across an article about the exact same thing. The author, Abigail Johnson, states that U.S. women's soccer games have generated more revenue than U.S. men's games over the past few years, but the players are still getting paid less. Yeah, it's terrible how people even try to justify this inequality. But what really does blow my mind is that their claims aren't even valid. Now that you mention it, I did hear about a lawsuit that the that had been filed against the USSF by 28 members of the U.S. women's national soccer team in March of 2019. Do you remember any of the players who spoke out about this? Actually, I do. Um, Hope Solo, the U.S. women's national soccer team's previous uh, goalkeeper, spoke out and stated the following. She said that we are the best in the world. We have three World Cup championships, four Olympic championships, and the men get paid more just to show up than we get paid to win major championships. I can vouch for absolutely everything she said. It's true. It's honestly sad that women have to fight in this day and age just to be treated equally and not be discriminated against in an industry so huge and popular like the sports industry. The fact that this has been an internal struggle for all women is what tips me over the complete edge. Women in sports is, was not an official thing up until the 19th century, which is not even that long ago. And even then, the majority of the sports were only able to be enjoyed among women in the upper class, so not even all women. Actually, I was looking into the Olympic Games the other day, which are supposed to be this year in Tokyo, I believe, and then I stumbled upon the Japanese Center for Research on Women in Sport. This website is part of a scholarly article, so I was very shocked when I read this credible information. It said that the first opportunity female athletes got to participate in the modern Olympic Games was in the year 1900, barely a century ago. Not only that, but even the founder of the modern Olympics, Baron Pierre de Coubertin, said in, 19, in 1896, sorry, no matter how tough and a, sportsman a sportswoman may be, her, her organism is not cut out to sustain certain shocks. That is honestly unbelievable. 
I just don't understand why women were not even allowed to participate in sports in the first place. The sad truth now leads us to our very first segment of the day, the backbone of gender inequality in the sports industry. Well, looking at it informally, like almost anything else a few years back, everything was run and dominated by men. Men saw themselves as superior and believed that women were incapable of no other than keeping the house and the kids safe. Women were expected to rely on men for all of the quote-unquote difficult tasks and all of the activities requiring physical strength were jobs for men. With that being said, when sports became a formality and people then began began to organize themselves and the specific activities that came within that, women were still kept at the same standard and were expected to respect the fact that men were the only ones made for such acts of physical strength and effort. So women were simply excluded? They didn't even have the chance to demonstrate their skills? Yep, that's exactly right. That is basically how it all began, with conservative and sexist beliefs. But I know for a fact that women did not let this persist for too long, and they did stand up for themselves a couple of times. I love the New York Times. Although sometimes biased, it provides it provides a great read about several instances where women fought for their rights. For example, in 1967, a woman named Catherine Switzer entered, entered a Boston Marathon with a gender-neutral name, all in attempts to hide her gender so they would let her in. Throughout the race, officials tried to kick her out, but she didn't let them. She then ended up becoming the first woman as an official and trend to complete the race. And with that, she brought change. Women were now officially allowed to enter the race in 1972. That's simply crazy. That refutes exactly what Baron Pierre de Coubertin said about how women were not built or made for such feats of physical activity. So ironic. Pretty funny if you ask me. This leads us to the second segment of the topic, the persistence of this discrimination. So why has this inequality between the genders lasted until today? And is it still apparent in many of the sports we watch? Now, mindsets have changed and become more progressive, and that has allowed for a lot of progress to be made in the realm of sports. That being said, there are still persisting inequalities, and the points made to justify them have only changed a little. The industry went from being openly misogynistic to internalized misogyny, which could be seen as something good or bad depending on an individual's point. At the beginning of this podcast, I'm pretty sure we briefly mentioned the most common reason used to defend the wage gap between men and women in their respective sports, and we found that there was data debunking that. Um, But now, something used to back up the lack of female inclusivity in sports is actually the biological differences between men and women. Yeah, people are now using science to their advantage and claiming exactly what the founder of the Olympics said, that women just aren't capable of what men are equipped. While the people claiming these things are scientifically correct, I do not agree with the claim they are using this information to back up. In other words, this is a very valid point. 
But in my opinion, the biological difference between the sexes allows for a just reasoning behind why sports might be different when it comes to men and women. But it does not justify them being unequal. There's a very big difference. For example, instead of making it nearly impossible for women to get into a male-dominated football team, where there are only a thousand women playing globally, sports like tennis have been able to accommodate their rules where women only play three sets of tennis games instead of five. Things like these are fair and allow equal inclusions of both sexes. I couldn't agree more. And I think that a few of the reasons the unequal playing practices are still apparent in today's society are that sexist ideas are instilled in the minds of the younger generations, resulting in gender inequality basically being passed down from generations. Not only that, but in the case where women have sports, some of them are hypersexualized. Men really did do the most, didn't they? Sadly, they did. But that's not even the worst part. There's this thing called powder puff football. Like the power puff girls? Exactly like that. And that sport is a toned out, toned down version of football. And don't even get me started on their uniforms. Why? What do they have as uniforms? That's something you're gonna have to search up on your own time. But just be prepared to be disappointed. Okay. Our third and final segment is going to be a slight summary of all the problems we think are still aiding the gender inequality in ways we believe can help stop its progression and end it once and for all. We believe that the pure meritocracy aspect of sports needs to be revoked since what might require the same level of physical abilities for both sexes might not necessarily result in the same outcome. With this, women should be able to celebrate their competition as their own version of the sport that is similar yet different to the men's. By having women compete in sports that are slightly different versions of the sports that men usually participate in, the biological factor of gender inequality would be eliminated. Now, when it comes to marketing and advertising, It's empirically proven that there is simply less of a market for female sport. So we can try to aid that by trying to get governments, institutions, as well as sport federations to work to promote women in sports. In turn, this will give them visibility and hopefully allow for more opportunities, at least to the equivalent of their male counterparts. To make this possible, there would ultimately have to be a change in mentality. As of right now, women's leagues are seen as less important, which is why they don't get as much financial support. Even though, as we mentioned before, it has been proven that female athletes sometimes generate more revenue. In fact, the actual origin of inequality in sports is found in the gender stereotypes and prejudice. And according to research conducted by San Fin, Joan de Du Hospital in Barcelona, 80% of young girls don't meet the recommended amount of physical activities recommended by the World Health Organization. Wow, that's absolutely insane and I really hope we can take action soon so that all of this ends. I feel like we're doing our slight part in bringing more awareness to the issue and hopefully all our listeners, yes, we're talking about you. I hope you guys take today's real talk seriously and start taking action. Yeah, what she said. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope you guys took something out of it. See you next week. Bye.